it's hard to admit the loss uh, and uh, the hardest part is probably not even for Ukraine to admit as for the uh, governments that finance Ukraine because when U.S. spends billions of dollars for financing Ukraine having issues inside its own countries, poverty, uh, drugs addicts on the streets, mass shootings, rapes, and uh, the immigrant situation, all of it. And they will have to uh, they will have to answer in front of their own citizens. And I think admitting their loss is that's what's going to bring. Like, why did you spend all that money? What for? Well, that's when a we big question. It? Okay, so the Ukraine people. Do they want this war to continue or is it the NATO countries like the United States and, you know, Europe that want them to keep fighting even though they don't want to? Or do they want to keep fighting? Because people don't want to. People don't want to. So the Ukraine. So the people in Ukraine want the war to stop, but they're being forced. Majority of people, of course, yes, they want uh, they want this conflict to to be stopped. They want to go back to the normal life. A lot of people they send their families away in order to save them, and they they separate it. They miss each other. They want to go back to their apartment, to their job. Like they want to have normal life. Sure. People that I talk to, they say they do not care. Many of you remember Dr. Zelenko, the courageous doctor who saved countless lives using hydroxychloroquine during the pandemic. Dr. Z not only saved lives in the United States, but many countries adopted his protocols and he saved even more lives around the world. Since those early days, him and his team at ZStack developed an entire line of immunity building supplements from Z Detox to Z Shield to Z Night. Now they also have Kids ZStack. It's the same as the adult Z-Stack, but formulated to protect kids from the onslaught they will see this cold and flu season. What many don't know about Dr. Z was his passion to end child trafficking. Before he passed away, he partnered with Mission Safe Harbor, and now a portion of every sale of Kids Z-Stack is donated to help end child trafficking. Now you can protect your kids while also helping to protect kids everywhere. Buy using the link below or go to sarahwessel.com under shop. Know you are protecting your entire family while also helping to end child trafficking. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Mira Tirado coming to the program today. She's from Russia, and but she also runs an international organization, peace and justice organization. And I wanted to talk to her. Even I have a lot of contacts. I should say I have a a nice handful of contacts and in Russia, all over the world, but in Russia, and she's one of them. And she wanted to come on and give her statement of peace and things. So she does that. But we also talk about what is what are the real conditions on the ground in Ukraine? What is, what is Russia and her, what do they think about Palestine and Gaza? But she also works with the UN and is frustrated, to say the least, about the UN and how it works, but also the International Criminal Court. We talk about that and how it's just completely, it's pretty much, it's worse than worthless because it's so thoroughly corrupt, it becomes a gatekeeper for nothing to get done. And so we're, we're going to talk about that as well. But before we get into that, I just had a show with Dr. Jason Dean, and we talked about parasites. And most people have parasites and it messes you up and over time it becomes worse and he has a parasite protocol and 
it's fascinating. If you haven't seen that interview, we don't talk just about the parasite protocol, but we do talk about parasites quite a bit. If you haven't seen that interview, look for it. It's with Dr. Jason Dean. And we we talk about the corruption of the FDA and the the fact that it just needs to be completely you redone and he gives example we give examples of the, what's going on and things so it's a really good uh discussion but if you're interested in joining and getting i am excited i'm going to be doing this parasite protocol too so i'm just waiting for mine to come and i because i was looking into it uh last year i even had my blood tested thinking that but i only tested for one parasite and there are so many of them and I, he's telling us that when you go through this parasite protocol you just feel so much better it starts it's kind of like c60 work it deals with all the free radicals and so you feel so much better because then your body can deal with other things it's the same thing getting rid of these parasites allows your body to start to heal and the parasites won't be controlling you. Very interesting. It's bravestore.tv slash Sarah. And I'll have the link below. If you use my code, Sarah, you can also get a discount on top of that. But please look at that. Watch that interview. I'll have the link below to the interview as well. Okay, let's get into this fascinating discussion with Mira Tirado. Hi, Mira. Welcome back to the program. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for having me over. You have been working with uh, diplomats at the UN. You've been working at, with international organizations all over the world on in the Schiller Institute and different, trying to bring peace to what's happening. I mean, we have wars everywhere. And you're a Russian citizen, right? You're Russian. But you have yes. been working internationally to try to end wars and bring peace. There are people everywhere that want peace. <laughs> Just because you're American, you, you're not always a neocon. We want peace. Um, can you, I know you wanted to come on and you had some specific things you wanted to talk about. Why, um, can, before you get into that, can you talk about what your organization is and what your role, you know, what you're trying to do? Well, I'm the head of the Foundation to Battle Injustice. Uh, it's a human rights uh, organization, and uh, we've been working for almost three years. And uh, usually we stand up where there is injustice. And the interesting part is that usually we help uh, people uh, overseas, uh, internationally, people that are not in Russia, because unfortunately they cannot get help in their countries because the government is corrupt, the system is corrupt, and they don't know where else to go to get that help from. And that's what your organization does is you go in, you find injustices in the world and you fight it and try to bring help to different countries because a yes, lot of times you can't, you can't make change in your own country. A lot of times it needs to come from the outside. We're not trying to change the country. We're trying to uh, help the people and uh, let their voices to be heard on our platform as well. So uh, people mostly deal with the, with the problems that has to do with their countries. Like our main goal uh, to help the people. Like uh, before the conflict on Ukraine, for example, we used to focus a lot on the uh, prisoners' injustice. Uh, we worked with the police brutality, the courts 
uh, injustice, with the penitentiary systems injustice. Uh, when the conflict started, we started facing uh, a lot of injustice happening toward children, children that uh, uh, that has been uh, taken, kidnapped, and uh, taken to the UN countries, for example, from uh, from Ukraine without parental permission. And uh, uh, that's many cases that we've been working on. We've been standing against of the kill list, Miratvoritz, uh, who also has 327 children on it, uh, including journalists as well. Uh, 14 um, of uh, journalists were murdered already, and they have been on that website. That's another subject of our work. And in general, we stand up against uh, the NATO weapon be, weapons being delivered to Ukraine because it's just increasing the conflict and not stopping the conflict because we are standing for peace. Well, we've, you know, I've been complaining a long time that there isn't negotiate, that they don't even try to do negotiations. And the, the war just keeps going on and on while people are dying continually. What are you seeing? This is you. You've been following the Ukraine war. Now we got the Gaza Strip, where these people are just being bombed to oblivion. They have no way of fighting back. So, to me, if you're bombing people that have no weapons, have no way of fighting back, I don't see that as a war. I see that as something else. Um, but what do yes, you say? Yeah, yes, because you, if you're bombing people who are innocent or have no way to protect themselves, yeah. I, something's wrong with you. So what are you um, what are you seeing and what is your organ? Because I know you're hyper focused on trying to bring peace right now because the death toll is just enormous. Can, can you talk about what it is that you're doing? And we also have a message that you want to say, too. It is. But like at first, uh, I'm going to answer your question, because to me, it has long been obvious that unfortunately, the NATO countries are the beneficiaries of all the conflicts uh, and all the wars and the military industrial complexes of those countries are being enriched. And uh, the same countries supply those weapons to Ukraine that actually goes out to the black markets as well. Ukraine feels, for example, its impunity and uh, uh, it feels dizzy from uh, the whole support that it gets from the U.S., unfortunately, and the uh, the EU countries. And uh, uh, it turns out that NATO actually uses the uh, citizens of Ukraine. And uh, as long as NATO exists, there is no peace on earth. So the world needs the dis uh, dismantling uh, the NATO. And I was wondering... Hold on, are you saying NATO? Are you saying NATO? Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure people understand that you're saying NATO. Okay, keep going. Yeah. And uh, like, I was wondering if there are any sources and forces in the United States that can actually advocate for it, because you guys have in common, uh, common elections this year. Like, do you think Trump such a person who actually can be standing against, you know, NATO continuing to bring all these wars to the earth? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what they want, right? They want a global war. And I think it's the bankers. And I think it's the city of London, the globalists, you know, there's multiple mm -hmm. factions. But I, I have a feeling it's going to escalate into something much worse than what we're dealing with now, if they get their way. And so we have to keep pushing for peace. But what are you seeing 
in Ukraine. I mean, it, it, my understanding is that that Ukraine is just being decimated. The people are dying. I mean, it's the more bombs, the longer this goes on, the worse it is. It just people are dying left and right, and nothing is being solved. And it seemed that they don't get to choose, uh, unfortunately. And this is the message I came on today to talk about, about new world architecture order. And if you will allow me, I will read my message. Uh, today, I appeal to you to create uh, a new architecture of international security and development, which will be the basis for ending genocide and establishing peace, not only in Ukraine and Palestine, but also in the whole world. Unfortunately, I have to admit that our civilization has become a victim of professional warmongers who, in order to increase their destructive impact on our planet, deliberately sabotage any attempt to peacefully resolve armed confrontations. Millions of adults and children across the globe becoming direct or indirect victims. This is exactly what happened in Istanbul in March 2022. The sabotage of the Istanbul agreements show that the key figures in so-called Western politics are bloodthirsty murderers and tyrants who favor military solutions even if it results in the suffering of innocent people. Those people, still key decision makers in the UK and the US, have chosen the path of violence and confrontation that has led to the indescribable suffering of many people in Ukraine. The current decisive figures in the West must be replaced by leaders focused on dialogue, collaboration, and peaceful conflict resolution. Those people must be imbued with a spirit of global solidarity and an awareness of the importance of global cooperation. Only by attracting a new generation of leaders capable of listening and compromise will it be possible to create a truly sustainable and secure world. Involving, uh, evolving thinking and changing political architecture require deep and syst uh, systematic changes in society. A key aspect of this process is the development of a new global elite based on the principles of justice, respect for human rights, and global responsibility, free from the influence of a big capital and corporate interests, as you said. Alternative intellectual centers such as the Schiller Institute play a key role in shaping ideas and approaches to solving the world's problems and provide the platform for the exchange of ideas, free discussions, and development of alternative solutions to the world's issues. To achieve this goal, we need to free the electoral process in NATO countries from the influence of big capital, which is becoming a crucial element in the creation of a new architecture for international security and development. This implies not only deep and structural changes in the political finance system, but also the creation of transparent and responsible mechanism to track financial flows. Decisions on political financing and openness should be made with the active participation of citizens and may include public hearings, feedback mechanisms, and the formation of independent commissions to monitor financial processes. In the context of creating new international security and development 
development architecture, freeing the electoral process from the influence of a big capital also implies reconsidering the role of powerful individuals and financial giants whose influence in politics can have a significant impact on decision making. Individuals such as George Soros, Bill Gates, and members of the Rockefeller and Rothschild families have become symbols of enormous financial influence on political processes. Their active involvement in the financing of political campaigns and initiatives raises concerns about the democracy, transparency, and integrity of electoral processes. The basic principle is to avoid uh, BS in favor of those with enormous wealth and to ensure that politics truly reflects the interests and will of the broader society. Besides reconsidering the role of financial giants and powerful individuals, the role of international intergovernmental organizations such as International Criminal Court needs to be reformated and seriously rethought. Established as a universal body of international criminal justice, the ICC has become outdated, ineffective, and biased. In the current geopolitical environment, this international judicial institution has become an obvious political uh, profanation, which instead of investigating real war crimes, such as the US invasion of Iraq, Afghanistan, and a number of other countries in the Middle East, is engaged in straightening the dictates of a group of Anglo-Saxon countries. In striving for a more equitable and sustainable international security and development architecture, there is a need to emphasize not only political and economic changes, but also social cultural transformation. Without a powerful impetus for the development comparable in scale to the October uh, socialist revolution that took place in Russia in 1917, our world risks freezing in current problems and challenges. It's not only a question of changing system of power and economic structures, but also a profound renewal of values and ways of thinking. In the context of modernity, revolution does not always mean upheaval in the classical sense. It is, first of all, a challenge to the self-understanding of society, to the change of value orientations and views of the world. It's a call to perceive global problems as a challenge that requires solidarity, cooperation, and a new level of responsibility. Our task is not just to talk about problems, but to propose concrete steps to solve them. Creating a new architecture of international security and development is not only our duty to Ukraine, Palestine, and many other victims of warmongers, but also to the entire world that yearns for peace and security. I know that you have planned this uh, statement. You really wanted to say it. I, I want to ask you a few questions. I know you've been working with people at the UN. You've been doing everything you can to try to create peace. You said earlier that there were things that they were doing to sabotage the people from the warmongers want war, and they do. They just sabotage negotiations and peaceful uh, attempts. What have you seen? Where they just don't operate in good faith. What are what have you personally seen? Uh, for example, when I have participated at the UN meeting, informal UN meetings based on formula area, uh, 
which makes different from the Security Council meetings, uh, that you can show pictures and videos as, a, as an evidence. So the members of the UN Security Council, they don't know what you're going to show them, but they already do come with the prepared answers to whatever you're going to show them. And, some, and sometimes their answers have nothing to do with what you're saying and what you're showing to them. And it just looks like a theater of absurd, to be honest with you, because you're saying one thing and they're responding about something else, but it's just based on their agenda. But to me, uh, you know, when you are not uh, standing up uh, for the truth, when you are not stopping uh, when something wrong is going on, and even according to the American law, it's a crime because you are becoming a conspirator. Are you tired of supporting globalist agendas with your hard-earned money? Sick of the impersonal big box store experience? Concerned about the safety of everyday products you use at home? Look no further. The Freedom Buying Club is here to revolutionize the way you shop and live. Say goodbye to questionable ingredients and harmful chemicals. They provide a carefully curated selection of safe and non-toxic everyday products from fluoride-free toothpaste to safe cleaning supplies. Your health and well-being matter. And my new favorite is their all-natural beef selection. Taste the difference with their premium all-natural beef. Their commitment to quality means you savor every bite with confidence. No hormones, no antibiotics, just pure delicious goodness. And the best part is it's delivered right to your door. Enjoy the convenience of doorstep delivery. No more endless aisles or crowded checkout lines. They bring your selection straight to your home, saving you time and hassle. Join the Freedom Buying Club today and embrace a new era of shopping where you have the power to make choices that align with your values. Take control of your purchases, support local businesses, and prioritize your well-being. Your gateway to independence is just one click away. So I urge you to go to their website at freedombuyingclub.com and you can start your independence today. Because you know that something is bad is happening and you do not stop that. And even more, uh, after the meetings, uh, they can come and talk to you and tell you that uh, they completely agree and it makes sense what you say, but there's nothing they can do because there is an agenda and they do what they have to do. Okay, and, so they uh, tell you that. They tell you there's an agenda. So when you come and you have additional information, it just goes over their head. I mean, they have, they don't even respond to it. So it's just like this theater of absurd because you come trying to deal and come with peace and all this information to, to move things forward and they just ignore you. I mean, is that essentially yeah. what it is? That's what it is. Yes. And, and so they're uh, just not some... serious. Are, are they even serious? Is the UN, they said there's agendas. So the UN's agenda is war. Uh, it seems like that. Uh, it's. I wouldn't say even that it's U uh, UN agenda because people at the UN, they just hired employees. It's somebody else's agenda who they are representing there. So it's agenda Ooh. of the, uh, of the NATO elites, NATO elites who have interests, who uh, benefit from all these wars around the world, uh, from the uh, military weapons co companies. Uh, that produce the weapons to uh, to sell them. So uh, unfortunately, it is what it is for now. And I even asked- Hold on uh, one second. The, uh, so the UN has been captured completely and thoroughly by uh, the warmongers. There's no 
they that they take direction from people who are the military industrial complex. Is that essentially what no. we're seeing? Not all the UN. Of course, there are still countries, you know, that uh, see the actual picture and who doesn't share the same views. And that makes situation better. And that's the reason why Russia is still in the UN, because at some certain point I was talking to uh, some people at the UN and I was asking, like, why Russia is still a member? Because the the UN is corrupt. Like, we see what is happening. We don't even get straight answers on the information that we show. All what we get, we're just being accused of something that, like, never even been done, you know? And uh, I was told that if Russia will leave the, uh, the UN, then they will lose the right of veto, you know? Like, lose the right of what? Veto. Veto? Veto, yeah. Okay. Is it veto? V e t o. It's veto. Yeah, it's a long e sound. Veto. Yeah. Yeah, the right of veto, and uh, there is no way, like you, uh, you know, we can lose that right because then it will be just uh, one side of the situation showing over and over again because the, each story has two sides and if Russia will leave if other countries that support Russia for example also will uh, leave the UN then what kind of institution is it going to be? That's right I mean well here's the deal people I know um, Alex Newman and I mean I don't so many people who have experienced I, I know people in my personal life who have experienced with the UN as well. Everybody thinks it's so thoroughly corrupt that it is a useless organization that I have talked to. But you're right in the sense that if this is what we have to work with, this is where everybody's at, we at least have to try to work with it's like our government is so thoroughly corrupt, but we still have to work with it. And so that's what I think what you're saying is that it's so bad, but what else do we have to do? Um, we we kind of have to participate, but we do need to create new systems. I think that the UN is so thoroughly corrupt, but I think they've been taken over by the globalists, so they always have been controlled. I think they were established by the globalists for this while purpose. There, while there's still a different opinion from different uh, countries' representatives and members of the Security Council, then there is still the voice of truth there exists. There's still hope while we have other countries that... Absolutely, absolutely. Not as ICC, though, as I mentioned before, because International Criminal Court is unfortunately fully corrupt, and this institution definitely has to be replaced. I've met through my work personally people who have filed paperwork, you know, uh, to the ICC, and uh, they've been treated horrible just because they are Africans, you know, or they've been treated horrible just because they're, for example, from Donbass. I could see you understand? that. Like, so the criminal international exactly. court is is just thoroughly. Do they even uh, seriously attempt anything uh, when it comes to justice? I have not seen the examples yet, unfortunately. And this is why I think the ICC definitely must be replaced with a more fair institution that actually uh, would not care if the uh, person from Donbass or from Africa, if he or she is black or white or from the country that That's is right. suppressed now. 
it, it shouldn't be that way. The justice should be the same for everyone. People must be equal. Well, people have been talking about the international court is is useless. Maybe useless is a kind word. And that we need to have a new uh, Nuremberg 2.0. We need to have our own council. We need to have it done outside of these courts because the International Criminal Court is so bad. It's it seems like they're a gatekeeper. Are they a gatekeeper? I think they are more as a tool, a tool of the beneficiaries of all these uh, warmongers. That's right. And so that's what I mean by gatekeepers. So the warmongers can just go and do pillage and commit genocide like they are in Palestine and all this stuff. And the, this criminal court does nothing. I mean, for exactly. years, you nothing. So, and but why I say it's a gatekeeper, but while it's there, people are wasting their time and energy trying to utilize it when they could be spending time creating alternatives that are much better, that well, that can function. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And I think uh, we might get uh, one uh, court like that uh, within the BRICS countries, for example. But then, you know, I'm always thinking, we will have an ICC decision and then we will have BRICS court decision and somebody's got to be on top of it to, you know, decide because sometimes decisions can be different, you know, so it's going to be the conflict of interests again. So it's not easy. We cannot just, you know, create more and more institutions and make like then more institutions, then more people working in those institutions, then more corruption we would have. Well, but you and, do uh, when things are that broken, you do have to create something new because it's very difficult to change it from within inside. And that's what my statement is about. While you're yeah. creating something new, you're still working with what you have because what, what you have is uh, always like the, the main resource of our planet is uh, are, are humans. You know, you would have human beings working there and until their cultural and mental uh, education is not there, until corruption for them is normal, whatever you will create, it's still going to be the same result because they will remain corrupt. But like while while we're creating something new, we still have to work with what we have because otherwise the world just will split. And it's uh you know, oh I like see. I personally personally me I don't believe in multipolarity. I do believe in uh biopolarity. You know, even in physics you will have like you, when you have a battery there is plus and minus. So like what I'm seeing now uh, so far, you know, maybe in the future it will be multipolarity. But so far I see that world split on two parts, the part that supports the NATO countries and the part basically NATO itself, the alliance, and the, uh, the part that uh, has Russia in its allies. But then, you know, like uh, those two parts become very closed. But we have to remember about people, we have Russian people living in NATO countries, our compatriots, same as China, same as India, same as many other countries. And the same situation with NATO countries that have their citizens living in those countries because they have a job, because they have relatives, right. whatever reason they went there. So like when we close each of the sides, you know, plus and minus, so whatever you call them, what happens to those people? What happens to those cultures? 
Well, and um, I, I believe in you, development of those, of, those, uh, of those parts. Yeah, well, and if you close that off, then it just will lead to World War III because you get two sides that absolutely hate each other and not, they shouldn't hate each other. If you actually could mingle, like Martin Luther King said, you know, you mingle with each other, that eliminates all these biases and prejudices. But if you rip it apart and force us to be separate, now you're, that's bad. Now, now you're marching towards World War III. Exactly. And this is something uh, all of us want to prevent because the peace is important for the uh, development, for the prosperity, for just saving lives of people and children. Okay, so where is Ukraine at? Where, where, what are we looking at on the ground? Uh, from what I understand, they've lost. So why do we keep, is it, they've lost, but they still have a hold on some things? Why is a war still going on in Ukraine, in your opinion? Because uh, it's hard to admit the loss, uh, and uh, the hardest part is probably not even for Ukraine to admit, as for the uh, governments that finance Ukraine. Because when U.S. spends billions of dollars for financing Ukraine, having issues inside its own countries, poverty, uh, drugs addicts on the streets, mass shootings, rapes, and uh, the immigrant situation, all of it. And they will, have to they will have to answer in front of their own citizens. And I think admitting their loss is that's what's going to bring. Like, why did you spend all that money? What for? Well, that's when a we big question. It. Okay, so the Ukraine people... Do they want this war to continue or is it the NATO countries like the United States and, you know, Europe that want them to keep fighting even though they don't want to? Or do they want to keep fighting? Because people don't want to. People don't want to. So the Ukraine. So the people in Ukraine want the war to stop, but they're being forced. Majority to of people, of course, yes, they want uh, they want this conflict to to be stopped. They want to go back to the normal life. A lot of people they send their families away in order to save them, and they they separate. They miss each other. They want to go back to their apartment, to their job. Like they want to have normal life. Sure. People that I talk to, they say they do not care who is going to win. They do not care if their country would be called Ukraine, Russia, or other name. All what people want is safety, security, prosperity. They want it to stop. Yeah. The, yeah. I get worried that, you know, with some of the stuff that's happened here in this country, that we get to the point where we just want it to stop, and then we end up ushering in really bad things um when because it gets so bad you, you know the new that's what they count on is for us to give up so they can do but in ukraine it's a different situation these people are just being slaughtered and the people who are encouraging this fight to continue uh, they don't care if if it was their own countries where their own people were telling them to stop maybe they would care but it's because it's not their own people what do you think? Probably not, because uh, it's very easy to uh, continue the conflict not with your own hands. And uh, and it's very clever, though, I have to admit. But, you know, people are not stupid. Uh, and the more time goes by, the more they understand uh, what's happening, that they've been used, abused. That's right. And... And, you know, they don't want it anymore. I don't see regular Ukrainians speaking anymore, being the part of the EU as they wanted the beginning of the conflict. They don't want any of it anymore. Like, they, 
you know, their uh, their priorities become became different, and uh, it's another uh, cultural and mental cleansing. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a, yes, they've been. It's horrible. It's and very hard. Like it's. It's very hard awakening, you know. It's like when you sleep and somebody wakes you up with That's the right. cold water. Yeah. So okay. So they didn't have to fight this war, right? The negotiations could have occurred, but they never did. And then they keep getting pushed and pushed to keep fighting. Exactly. When, what? Do you, I mean, can't the Ukrainians just say enough? We're not fighting anymore. Done. Or is there not that kind of? You know, because eventually they they'll run out of citizens to fight in the war. I mean, could the Ukrainians just say we're not fighting anymore? They tried. People who tried, they went under repressions. Uh, their voices are suppressed. Their uh, Ukrainians' jails and prisons are full. People uh, being called bet uh, betrayers and thrown into jails, prisons. You know, their yeah, families used as a tools to, you know, to get whatever, like the uh, SBU wants to get from them. And eventually men are going uh, to the front to fight, you know, and women are helping with what they can help. And there's not much they can do uh, by themselves. Uh, what comes to the media, the media being cleaned up long time ago. There is no opposition media. It's only governmental media. There is no free speech. They don't know what's going on. Uh, even the Russian movie came up not long ago about uh, the times when USSR been falling apart. It's more, um, you know, the movie for... Uh, younger generation because the actors are like close to 18 and that movie was prohibited in Ukraine uh, because it may bring uh, the feelings uh, to the, those people that Ukraine and Russia are the same country as it used to be during the USSR time, you know. So that's how crazy it is. Anything that uh, comes up uh, to the point that we are actually brothers and sisters, that we are neighbors, that we are friends, you know, that we are all Slavic, we are the same, you know, and uh, it all just stops right there where it starts because uh, it's not again in agenda of the people who become beneficiaries from this conflict. So uh, do so the people don't want to be participate in this. The media has been completely shut down and they're being ignored. The people are being ignored, ignored, put on the front line. If they don't fight, they get thrown in prison or killed. Right. So Talk about terror of a society. My God, you're forced to fight a war you don't want to be in against an enemy you don't understand. And the press is completely shut down and you're being forced to fight by a foreign power who doesn't care about you. Yes. A lot of the uh, soldiers, they just, you know, they raise white flag and they turn themselves into the Russian soldiers. Uh, and they, they feel uh, safer if they captured by Russia than to keep going with this war because they want to save their life because they, they know is. that they will be exchanged to the, through the prisoner exchange because like they just don't have any other option. How are you going to save your life? Like they throw you on the line. Uh, they hardly give you any weapons because a lot of weapons are going to the black market, you know, all yeah. that uh, support. And uh, uh, 
you know so how are you going to save your life and this is uh, this is totally not your war because like they don't even understand what they're fighting for like there is no like there's no goal uh in zelensky politics what they're fighting for like nobody came to take their land or any or resources or anything like that so he cannot even formulate what it is all about he cannot motivate people to go and do something because they know what is happening they know that they have been used look what they do even with the uh church over there so there is a uh christian orthodox church in ukraine and uh they decided to split it apart and create a separate Ukrainian church uh, where people don't want to go to. And the churches are empty now because of that. So what they do, they say uh, they made this application where you can go to and uh, pay the money and press light the candle. And that's how they explain why church is empty, because people go online. The problem is people don't go there because they cannot go you know and uh, talk about their sins to be honest because they don't know who the priest is if the priest is oh. good and normal and serving according to the like to uh to the way how like canonical church tell them how orthodox church tell them they say it's the russian church and they make that and they arrest priests and they throw them in jail or prison and there's uh, there are already several cases where uh, priests and pastors they are in a prison some of them uh they got evicted from their citizenship personally i know one uh priest who twice lost his ukrainian citizenship first he lost it during poroshenko being a president for going to united states states and speaking in the congress and communicating with mike pompeo and then when he came back to Kiev, to Ukraine, his citizenship was revoked. So he went to the highest court and got his citizenship back through the court. But then Zelensky came to power and revoked his citizenship again. So now he, you know, he had to leave Ukraine because he's not citizen of the country anymore, but he is Ukrainian. His family is well, there. What you, well, what do you do if they revoke your citizenship and you don't have a citizenship anywhere? What happens then? Then you have to go somewhere as an immigrant, you know, and uh, ask for the citizenship for, from the country where you came to. You have to have something. Okay, so when the when the soldiers surrender, are they treated well within the Russian uh, prison systems? Uh, they don't stay at the regular prison systems. They stay uh, at the camps. Uh, they fed well, you know, they like nobody tortures them comparing to what Ukraine unfortunately does to Russian soldiers. The conditions that we uh, get our soldiers back are horrible and uh, the harm, the body harm that's done to them is insane and I ugly and and you. completely bizarre. And a lot of people compare it with the Hitler system, you know, with the third rate during the second world war and this is very scary because uh, we don't want to continue the experience of our grand-grandparents 80 years ago so now why is putin not doing a bigger offensive to just end it good question how how can he how like I'm just curious. I, I just want to know, you know, why is it been this slow burn of a war versus just take over? 
because we know that Russia has that ability, or would that trigger World War III and you're trying to keep that from happening? Is that what NATO wants him to do? Uh, NATO probably wants him to be a tyrant, but uh, that's not uh, what he wants, and that's what not uh, that's not what he is, because from the beginning he uh, actually said was the reason of the special military operation, denazification, demilitarization, because there was too much weapons going to Ukraine, all those bio labs and so on, right at the border of Russia, which is normal, and this is the right of our country to defend our borders. And uh, uh, standing up for the for the Donbass who wanted their sovereignty because they wanted all what they wanted is to be able to speak Russian language. I was in Ukraine myself many times. Uh, I went to Donbass already after the conflict started. And I remember that all country always spoke only Russian language and like they only official TV would speak Ukrainian language only official events would use that language but people between each other they would speak Russian at the schools they would teach you in Russian so all what the people wanted just to keep the opportunity to speak Russian language but instead what Zelensky did what Poroshenko did those people were bombed for the nine years and Poroshenko said that he wants those children to be in the basements while his children are going to the school in September. Yeah, they, there's a weird thing going on in the world now where they're starting to see some people as animals and right. it's the same attitudes that they saw in World War II. Yeah, so answering your question, the, the idea is not to offense, you know, or take over, not at all. Like he is following mm -hmm. uh, according to the... Uh, uh, goals at the beginning and the goal is not to destroy country and take it over and murder all the people absolutely not and uh, that's the reason i think the uh, uh, human reasons and the humanity in him is not allowing him to do so what is what is russia's view on the palestine gaza situation israel Well, I don't know what Russia's view is, but I can tell you my view uh, on this. To me, it's a complete genocide what is happening. Uh, all the possible lines, red lines, all been crossed long time ago in between Israel and Palestine. And uh, the goal of the whole world right now is to stop it because the conflict between uh, Russia and Ukraine is... Uh, one type of conflict but when we are talking about conflict on the east uh it's very heated conflict it's been it's like it's been last for a long time already way longer than what's happening between russia and ukraine and uh, it actually may end up as a third world war so it's important right now for other countries to unite and stop this uh, right. instead it's of picking Instead of picking sides. Well, you're right, but just stop the innocent killing. Just stop. Stop it. Okay, so how can people be involved? I know you're really familiar with the international institutions and the different people and the groups and stuff working to bring peace. How can people who want, this is their calling, they want to stop war and they want to bring peace, what can they do to help out in a situation like that? Yeah. 
they can call they can find international organizations that also stand up for peace in the world contact us and join us and we can uh, arrange meetings together we can do together interviews roundtables and so on in order to make sure that our voices are heard because uh, voices of more than one can be heard more than the voice of only one person. I think that's the best way. And of course, not to join any conflicts themselves, not to pick any sides, you know, because it always will be like, if you want to uh, stop the aggression and stop the violence, then you need to stop it inside yourself. And uh, if you start uh, arguing with your neighbor about something that like you are not uh, killing this, uh, you know, violence inside you. You are actually not any different because conflict starts in a small family, in a small society, and then it just grows more and more. And uh, it's a, another cultural thing. You know, this saying like, if you want uh, the wolf to be dead, stop feeding, uh, stop feeding the wolf. And like, if you want this anger and violence to stop, stop feeding this anger and violence with conflicts, with arguments. Uh, and and uh, the unity is the only way to actually stop this. But when we are in conflict and arguing, it's not the unity, it's dividing. Well, I think it's hard because a lot of people see, like, for example, Palestine, we see it as just genocide, you know, innocent people being bombed without any way to protect themselves. We literally have people around here who agree that Israel has a right to protect itself and protect itself from these people who have no way of protecting their self. And, and so they truly think that there's no innocent Palestinians and that they should be bombed. And so it's hard to not to have conversations with people like that. You just, you know, how, how do you not have some debate with somebody who is callous towards genocide or they won't even say it's genocide. And then they use what happened to the Jewish people in World War II, which was awful as the reason why this is okay today as many people even as, talk to people like that go ahead as many people as many opinions and uh, the key you know the key again from uh, to stop the conflicts is uh, learning how to speak communicate and respect each other and each other opinions like for example if we talk about BRICS countries there is no official agreement between those countries all what they learned uh, all what they do and did, they learned how to sit down at the same table and come to an agreement respectfully to hear each other. And uh, when the situation like this comes, when two people with two different opinions about Palestine and Israel, for example, uh, the way how I would handle it, I probably would speak about something more global. Like we got to think uh, what it's going to lead us to. You know, it's not about really Palestine or uh, Israel. It's more about what consequences it's going to earn each country of the world if this conflict will continue. Well, we have problems with propaganda here where I'm almost like they, it's almost entrainment, like psychological entrainment. So people can't think independently anymore. And, and so when you talk to some of these people, it's like they're deer in the headlights and they don't have the ability to critically think. And so... And that's so frustrating for so many people who are like trying to get information. I understand you got to be calm and try to get them to think differently. But we have an issue with mass media propaganda purposely manipulating the minds of people who aren't able to think independently or critically. And it's very, they know what they're doing. 
they're doing this all over the world. And so all the people who are, aren't strong enough to think independently or haven't formulated any idea, they're just completely brainwashed. How do you deal with somebody who's just so, I mean, there has to be a process for unwinding the, the control mechanisms that they have over these people. It's uh, again going back to the statement I came up today on your show, Chris. It's about changing the uh, architecture of the world order. And uh, it's it's going to be a long process, a long process of cleansing and the long process of getting people in the right state of mind. And uh, it's going to take, you know, decades probably to make those changes. And so far, uh, it, it just, you know, you it's really like you just got to touch uh, people's heart with your opinion, you know, and explain and teach them uh, how to use critical mind, how to read the news, how to double check the facts, how to do the check uh, fact checks and all that. But uh, it is possible. And I think, you know, then more propaganda and lies in the news and in the air, then more people can actually sense it. They they think that something is not right and they start asking questions. So at some point, I think also while people working on the new world architecture, uh, the dragon is going to kill himself. The who is going to kill himself? The, uh, oh, the dragon is going to kill himself? The dragon, yeah. What do you mean yeah. by that? Like the they're going to self-implode. And it's like, as I said, like the more they are using uh, the lie and people start noticing it, then less this lie is working. Like, for example, when they staged the the Butcher situation, people at first they threw this and a lot of people, they believed it, you know, but then the more questions, like the more they were showing it, the more questions people started having because the more you're showing the fake picture where you see, okay, uh, they're saying it happened within one season, but you actually see the green leaves or no leaves, whatever it is. And it, it, like you, like your subconscious mind, it tells you something is wrong. So you start looking more and more, and then you say like, "Look, the picture is fake." And but they like they do their propaganda uh, not really thoroughly, you know, not very. It's not even well done. They think their people are so stupid that they're going to eat anything that they feed them. But people are not that stupid. People actually are smart and they have the, uh, you know, they have the soul that uh, and the spirit that tells them and guides them and leads them to the right answers. And uh, the main thing is actually to develop it in, uh, in many people because there, it was a huge work done before it started because propaganda was always, uh, it was uh, during the conflicts, uh, you know, uh, 1800 years ago uh, when the war was. Like some king would say, I have a very uh, powerful uh, military, you know, and that speech will go all over the places and his enemy would hear that and be like, oh, we're not going to go. We heard he has a very powerful military. What is it? It is propaganda, you know, propaganda that worked back then. Or during the Second World War, do you remember the story about Radio Sally? Mm -mm. Uh, the, The American girl the American girl who worked for the Nazis, she got stuck in Germany. There is even a movie about it. And uh, 
they used her the uh, Goebbels, uh, the propaganda guy in Germany, right? The, uh, he used her. Yeah, Goebbels. Yeah, he created the radio where American girl, you know, will be speaking to the American soldiers, and of course, like you know, American soldiers would say, like, would take it easy without any accent right american woman is telling them why are you here why are you fighting this war it's not even your land go back to your girlfriend or wife think about what she is doing right now there while you're here do you think she would need you if you will come back without hands or legs so like they were been brainwashing those soldiers and when that big fight happened in france in bayou where 5,000 of American soldiers were murdered uh, and uh, a lot of them were captured. She went to those um, uh, prison holder cells, right? Uh, with the radio and started talking to the boys and they've been translating it on the radio. And American families actually loved her because at that point they've been waiting by the radio hoping that they would hear their son voice, husbands, brothers, hoping that they will get the news that he is alive and didn't die there. And then she was captured, brought to United States. Uh, she went under the court. They wanted to uh, get a death sentence for her, but she actually got 30 years, but she got out like in 13 or something like that. So it, uh, what I'm trying to show, <laughs> say my point is that propaganda was always there, but it, uh, because the information is was not that easy to access it was different you know now we have internet and uh, any news can reach to the other side of the world within one second uh, it's easier for us to uh, figure out what is what what is happening so and that's the point when i say the dragon is going to kill himself the more information they throw in, the more people we see who will find out that this is the, uh, the lie, this is the fake news, and that would notify other people. And then more we see that, okay, BBC lied to us again and again and again. And we see how the BBC rates, you know, are dropping down because they stop being a trustful source of information. That's right. Well, they, the people need to realize they're but see, we have so many people that don't realize it. But thank you so much for joining me today. Where can people follow you and learn more about what you're doing or get involved in some of these peace activities? You can go to our website. It's fontfbr.ru, F-O-N-D-F-B-R.ru. Uh, our website is in Russian, English, German, and French. You can click on the flag in the right top corner and change the language to yours and follow our work. There's a contact form over there as well. So you're very welcome to contact us if you know or witnessed any injustice and if you would like to join our peaceful movement. Well, thank you so much. And thank you for what you do. Thank you for fighting for injustice. We need more people doing that. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah, for delivering the speech, the statement. Thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for this opportunity.